Hello, this is Dom with Top of the List. Also here with me is my other host, RB. Say what's up, RB. What's up, guys? How's everyone going? Ryan, they can't answer you. Hey, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be polite. Audience love that, right? See? <laughs> See? They're thinking about it now. They're thinking about it. This is a one-way relationship, RB. <laughs> we talk and they listen. Okay, I, I just thought I was, I was connecting through my, my uh, telekinetic powers that I developed in the Hawkins lab. That's right, RB. We are here to talk about Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 1. Um, we wanted to break this one up. We were considering maybe just doing the entirety of Season 4 when it dropped, but we really wanted to get our thoughts out here first. And, of course, what we like to do is um, I like to give you guys a few days to watch Part 2. So we're going to drop our Part 2, which, if you guys don't know, Volume 1 consisted of seven episodes. And that's what we're going to be talking about here on this episode. And then um, on July 1st, they're dropping two more episodes, both really long length. I heard one of them's an hour and 30, I think. And then the finale for Season 4 is over two hours, a full-length film, if you will. Um, so we're going to talk about those two episodes next Wednesday on next week's episode of Top of the List. But this week, we're going to be talking about Volume 1 of Stranger Things 4. And um, we're also going to be dropping along with this episode in a separate episode. We're going to record it right after we're done with this. Lightyear, our review of Lightyear. So stay tuned for that. Or, you know, once you're done listening to this one, just click on the next episode and you can listen to our thoughts on Lightyear in a separate episode. So with the intro out of the way, RB, let's go ahead and give our fans the spoiler warning. And let's talk about all about Stranger Things 4 Volume 1. Yeah, Stranger Things... Uh, sorry, we got the 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 siren here. Wee wee. Just a heads up. That's our spoiler warning. If you haven't watched, go ahead, turn us off right now. Get get on Stranger Things, uh, part four season or part one of uh, Stranger Things four, and uh, come on back. But yeah, I mean, I have been outspoken about my thoughts. Not that I necessarily dislike Stranger Things. Just I don't think it deserved the hype it got seasons one through three it was original writing it was well acted but the story is what got me i was not a fan i think for a show that was sort of horror sci-fi they didn't get to that level i think it needed to get to to be as amazing as everyone was saying it was and what can you remind the fans real quick because we did do a stranger things review before yes. can you rem remind people where you sat on those first three seasons just real quick the first yeah. do you remember the so, scores yeah I, I mean off the top of my head it was it was in the seven and a half range for season one and then in the between six and seven range between season two and season three i think I like season three a little bit more than season two, if I recall correctly, maybe a six and a half and a seven. Um, but, you know, so not great scores, you know, a good show. I It kept me engaged, but not one of my favorites, like a la Breaking Bad or, you know, we just did our, our reviews of Kenobi where, you know, we gave extremely high scores. Friday Night Lights, another favorite of mine that I give a very high score to. It wasn't at that range. I think this season has been the best season to date so far. I'm going to come out of the gates and say this is so far an 8.5 out of 10. Um, I love what they're doing here. I think they're going to that next level. Um, I, I Watching the trailers, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it. Um, but, you know, I think sometimes Stranger Things, seasons one through three, there were some scenes that kind of dragged, you know, when we're just focusing on Hawkins, Indiana, or the lab, and not really getting into what's going on, whether it's the Demogorgons or the 
the uh, mind flayer in the upside down, you know, there were certain scenes that just kind of were like, okay, they were kind of groaners almost. I didn't think there was one point in this season where it felt that way. I think they got right to it in episode one and uh, I loved it, you know, eight and a half out of 10 better than great for me. And the way they did it with the longer formatted episodes, I felt like every episode was like a movie. And I love that. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, and you know, like uh, we'll just say it right now. Ryan's giving this an eight and a half, but it has potential to go up or down because we Absolutely. still do have those two yep. episodes, and we'll give our final scores when that review does come out. But a tentative score of eight and a half, I'm really happy to hear that RB. Um, let me just recap people real quick on where I sit as far as Stranger Things goes. So season one for me, um, it was different than anything I'd ever seen. It was a total play on the '80s films of ET and. Um, Kind of like uh, another Spielberg film I can't remember the name of. It has to do with aliens. <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, uh, uh, third, close, third Kind? Close, close Encounters? Fourth kind, third Kind? Fourth Kind. Yeah, Close yeah. Encounters. And, um, you know, it was obviously an homage to the Spielbergian uh, sci-fi of the 80s. And um, that was what made it so unique in my book. Because, you know, I, I think I've spoken out about it before, but I, I've... Uh, I've changed my scores a little bit and thinking back on the impact of Stranger Things, seeing how much of a pop culture impact it's made on uh, our society. I think season one is a 10 out of 10 in my book and especially because I just rewatched all three seasons before season four came out just to re recap myself. And season one was just, it was so different. It was so new. The performances were all amazing. Everything, every aspect of season one I really loved. So that was a 10 out of 10 for me. Then we got to season two and um, one of my favorite aspects of Stranger Things was a, a total misfire in season two and that was the mystery of it all. Season one led us on a great mystery of what is Hawkins Lab doing? What is this monster? What, where did it come from? What is this other dimension that we're discovering? Um, then in season two we have a big lull at the beginning of the season the mystery is not there. It's not very interesting at all. The villain is very um, not present. He's more, more so just taking over Will's mind, and that wasn't as in investing to me as I thought it would be. And um, so season two, I'd probably give a seven and a half. And then season three came along, and boom, we were right back in it. I, gave, I think I gave it a nine out of ten. I thought it was an amazing season of television. The Mind Flayer came back, and he was... Um, squishing people's bodies i guess you could say dissolving them into goo and then yeah. he made himself out of their dead body goos i mean that was terrifying and disgusting at the same time to me it really hit all the notes that i wanted it to hit namely one of the greatest sets ever constructed the starcourt mall was in season three that was a big highlight for me i really enjoyed everything that went on in starcourt mall um so season three was an, another back to form and i didn't think they'd be able to top it again i thought maybe they'd just continue what they did with season three but I was pleasantly surprised to see with season four, so far, it is better than season three, almost as good as season one. I don't know if I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10 yet, but as right now, I'm giving it a tentative score of 9.5. I really, really enjoyed what's going on this season. The new characters they added... Yes. When I was when I was looking on, like, like you said, RB, we both watched the trailers, and I was hesitant. I thought... Ah, what are these new characters going to contribute? I loved every new character they added. Every new plot point they added was delivered in such a great way. I didn't think they'd be able to pull it off. I, I really, this season has blown me away so far. And like you said, RB, let's talk about for a second the formatting of this season. Yeah, We yeah. complain ad nauseum about the Disney Plus shows. The 30-minute episodes, the six-episode seasons, 
And then Netflix says, yeah, no, forget that. We're going to give you seven episodes with hour plus episodes, hour and 40 minute yeah. episodes. And I, this is what we've been wanting. And it totally delivered on, on in the terms of the format. This was a big win. With, without a doubt. And I think, and I, I mean, we have, we have definitely our favorite Disney plus shows. We don't dislike every Disney plus show, but Disney plus it seems is on a pump and dump uh, schedule. It's, Let's get a new piece of content out every single month. And because of that, I think it constrains them to making these shorter six-episode series, 30 minutes long. I mean, how soon we forget? The only reason television episodes were 30 minutes long or 22, 30 or whatever they are was to, to deal with commercials and scheduling programs. We don't have to do that on a streaming service. Why are we limiting ourselves to 30-minute episodes with the exception of we're trying to get more content out? And I understand that and I respect that. What Disney Plus is doing is amazing with the amount of content they're creating in a short time. Of course, it's Disney. They run the world, so yeah. <laughs> they have you know, imminent funds to do that. But I love this approach Netflix, Netflix took on this show. Hats off to the Duffer Brothers. I mean, it yeah, was all their that. idea, and, and I'm, it, these guys are geniuses. They, they were able to pull this off. I'm, I'm yep. really happy. Um, so let's talk about the plot, RB. We, uh, should we, we start like with the three- plot? Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I mean, we've got three real stories, separate stories, at least when we start going on, that are all, I think, really nicely intertwined here. Of course, we got what's going on in Hawkins, Indiana. We've got what's going on in California, where the buyers have moved along with L. And then we've got, you know, later on, I think it's either at the end of episode one or beginning of episode two, we find out that Hopper is still alive in this Russian gulag prison. Yeah, so, I, and that's what I thought was so... Uh genius and expertly handled in this season was it sometimes you know like especially like in season two there were some storylines where every time they would cut back to it i would kind of be like all right and that happens in a lot of shows not just stranger things but there's usually one storyline where you're like all right well i'm not really sure if i'm invested on this storyline and all three of these storylines for me i was locked in i didn't care that they were cutting away from another one that i loved because they were cutting to another storyline that i loved equally as much so i was very pleased Yep, couldn't agree more. My one complaint here, small nitpick, I do wish they focused a little bit more on the Hopper story. I felt like that, as I, and I loved that portion, and it felt like an afterthought compared to following who have been our real main characters, you know, L, Max, uh, Dustin, Will, and company. It know? did feel like, and I agree with you there, that's kind of one of my few critiques as well, is that mm-hmm. it felt thinner than the other ones, yes, yes. definitely. Um but uh, I guess we'll just start off with, do, do we want to discuss the, uh, I don't know, where do we start? Well, I guess with the main storyline is Vecna's storyline, right? And right, the killings right. that start off the season. Right, but Ve- Vecna, so that's that's the Hawkins storyline. Let's call it that. Yes, I mean, okay. obviously it'll intertwine with L yeah. a little bit later. But yes, I mean, this is a, a very intriguing storyline. We're back in Hawkins. Uh, again, supernatural uh, deaths are occurring. And scarier than I've seen on the very, show before. Very much so. So we begin with, uh, what was her name? Uh, I'm trying to... Oh, it? Chrissy. Chrissy, thank you. Yeah. yeah, we begin with Chrissy. She's the first of Vecna's victims here. Um, Another new character that I really enjoyed. Yeah, Chrissy Chrissy was great. I, I, I love... Let, let's talk about some of the new characters in the session, though. I mean, yes. not just Chrissy, but Eddie... Jason, I believe, is his name, too, right? The, the basketball star. And mm-hmm. then Eddie, I think Eddie is one of the, the standouts from this season. Me too. Yeah. 
Me too. And the scene they have together where Eddie is selling her, I think she's sell, he's selling her weed, <laughs> and yeah. they meet yeah. in the forest, and she's having these weird visions, and then all of a sudden, like, you realize these two are kind of like, I think they should have been together or something like that, you know, or should have at least been best friends, and yeah. the interaction they had was great. I love that early on scene before her death. Very much so, in the, in the woods behind the school. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great scene for sure. And even, even the scenes when they have some sort of chemistry in the trailer park before Vecna takes her over. But yes, these scenes with Vecna sort of possessing the bodies and snapping all the bones, expertly done. Exorcist level, yes. scary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was really terrifying. And um, of course, we have uh, a lot of things happening in Hawkins. Number one, we have the Hellfire Club, which Eddie leads. Um, they're trying to find people for their D&D campaign in episode one. And um, as well as, you know, we have a little bit of the the main the main crew. Uh, we have them falling apart a little bit. Max is kind of a loner. She doesn't want to be involved with anybody. She's on her own. She's pretty much, you know, you could say she's in a, a pretty big depression. And yep. um, we also have uh, Lucas, who has joined the basketball team. He's kind of pushing pushing himself into the popular crowd. And the other characters in the Hellfire Club, the, you know, quote-unquote nerds, aren't too happy about it. And um, I love the dynamics and the growth that we got in all of our main characters. And that's one thing Stranger Things always does well is how these characters grow and evolve from the past season is always yep. a great thing to watch. Yep, I, I agree. Although I will have one critique, and this is a, a character, and I've always felt this way the entire show that falls flat for me, and that's uh, Mike Wheeler. Again, I feel like he's supposed to be the leader of the group, and yet he becomes such a background character in every season. Yeah, he does. He he's does. kind of useless. I love the utilization of Dustin, and I love the storyline with, uh, with Lucas this season. I think they're excellent. And then again, we just have, oh, I'm Mike Wheeler, and I'm dating Eleven, and I'm kind of just a, you know, I'm just there. He's just there. He's the flattest of the, of the main characters, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but let's talk about another man. So we talked about Lucas. We talked about Dustin and his involvement with the Hellfire Club, and they had to find some. They had to find. Oh, they had to find Lucas's sister to play with them. Yeah, right? Erica. Erica, and she returns, and she's just as funny as she was in the previous season. I really yep. enjoy her. Yep. Hats off to her. Absolutely. But um, let's uh, let's talk about what what was the other thing oh lucas and the basketball game so he wins the he wins the big game with the big shot right there at the end yep. and um he gets in with jason who you said was also a new character as well yep. he's a star of the basketball team and um he eventually forms a squad of guys that are i guess you know going out and trying to find eddie yeah because they think eddie is the one who killed uh I'm sorry, what, what's her name again? Chrissy. Chrissy, Chrissy thank you. Mm -hmm. Yes, but then we see more people, you know, getting possessed. So we've got, first it's Chrissy, then it's the, the guy who's been involved in the car crash. I mean, who's, who's with Nancy Wheeler, you know, exactly, the head of the, yep. the school newspaper. Then we get Eddie's, you know, or uh, Jason's friend at, at the lake. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and now they're thinking that Eddie is, you know, possessed by the devil and playing D&D &D makes you... Uh, is, is what's doing it. I, I love the commentary there. I think that's pretty comical of, you know, sort of the, the clean-cut guys. Oh, this game is causing satanic possession. I think it's pretty funny. Yeah, absolutely. I thought yeah. it was hilarious. Yeah. And a commentary on the day, you know, I feel like people would actually believe that in the 80s. Absolutely, yeah. And um, I guess what I really want to talk about here is my favorite character of the entire season, 
the standout for me, besides Eddie, who I really liked Eddie and his whole storyline, um, I have two characters that are actually my big standouts, but this is one of them. Max's storyline this season I thought was, I wasn't sure if it was going to deliver, but Max gets pretty much a whole episode dedicated to her character, yeah. and I couldn't look away. I thought she, Sadie Sink is the actress's name that plays her. I thought she was award-worthy in this role. She was really amazing, I thought. Did you feel the same? Yeah, that that was definitely, I think, the standout episode this season. And we're, we're discussing the episode where Max is sort of in the final stages before Vecna takes her on, before we figure out, you know, what, what stops Vecna or what, what breaks you from that trance, so to speak. Yeah. And Dear it's incredible, including, it's including the episode afterwards, too. I mean, mm-hmm. her follow-up role with that is incredible as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that episode was called Dear Billy, and yes. it was one of the longer ones, I think, and it was mm-hmm. really amazing. Um, so we've talked a lot about Hawkins. We've talked about the murders, and, and um, oh, we didn't talk about a new pairing we got, which I really enjoyed as well, which was Nancy Wheeler and Robin which I thought was really great. I, I like Maya Hawk in this role. Um, I, I'm glad we got to see these characters together, but I will say I'm glad that this season didn't make the mistake that season two did, um, which was we, in season two, we didn't get everybody together until like the final episode. We got everybody on the same page within the first few episodes. I'd say by episode three, everyone was pretty much on the same page trying to solve this mystery. And yeah. that's what this, uh, this season really did well and I enjoyed I, I agree. I think there's a bit of a disservice done to both of those characters, to Robin and uh, and Nancy, in the sense that I think they both could have storylines in here. You got Robin and, and Jonathan sort of – I'm sorry, not Robin and Jonathan. Nancy and Jonathan sort of drifting apart as they, they live further away. You've got Robin. She has a love interest you know, that they've touched on. I just have – I feel like you know they, those were things that were brought up very early on in the season that were never touched on again. Just background plots, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know if it was necessary, but, you know, I, I do like the chemistry. There's the episode where they go and visit, uh, not not uh, Creel? Victor Creel, but, yeah, the uh, yeah Victor Creel. Victor right? Creel's house. Yes. And then not even Victor Creel's house, but then they go to the, the hospital. I thought that was pretty excellent. Where they're pretending Call back to, to Silence of the Lambs, RV? I knew you were going to love that. Yep. I love when they walk up there and talk to him. Yep. Um, can we talk about I, – I think this is where – I'm not sure if we – I think in the previous Stranger Things episodes we disagreed on this character. But my favorite character in all of Stranger Things is Steve Harrington. And yeah. I love Steve's court character in this season as well. Every season he's amazing, I think. And I just – I'm so invested in Steve's character arc because he started off as kind of a shitty guy. You know, yeah. he started off as a bully. He wasn't very nice. He was full of himself. He thought he was the best of the best. He got humbled, and then he kind of grew into this beautiful person that he is now. And I just love the growth behind this character. I, I, I really hope Steve doesn't die in the finale, I got to say. <laughs> yeah, but as we've seen in Stranger Things, if you die, it doesn't mean you're dead. <laughs> yeah, it's well, happened before. We, I, feel like, I feel like we've seen Elle die, and she comes back, and we've also seen Hopper die, and he's back. So, you yep. know. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, I like Steve's character this season. I've never been Steve Harrington's biggest fan. I feel like a lot of his changes for the time here, the time span the show takes don't make a lot of sense. But I, his character development is de- and his acting and the, what, the role he's grown into, I think, has been the best this season for sure. 
Absolutely. So um, let's polish off the Hawkins storyline before. I guess we'll come back to it towards the end. Yes. yes we will. But um, let's let's polish it off right now and let's move over to California. Let's talk about some new additions we have in California, including a quick cameo from Susie, who returns from season three, which I thought was great. Yes. Um, yes. Who's who's our other character? I think his name is Argyle. Argyle. I love Argyle. Me uh, too. Yeah, one of one of my favorite characters, Eduardo Franco playing Argyle. And I think he's hilarious, this guy. I like that Jonathan has become a stoner in this season. I think yeah. that's hilarious. I was laughing I mean, so hard. Fits the bill. Fits the bill for California in the 80s compared to uh, Indiana, for sure. And I like the song that they play in the perfect moments. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know the words, but it was funny as heck, yep. dude. Uh, and so... Here's the story. Here's the storyline we get in California. Will comes to visit L in California for spring break, right? And we find out that L has been bullied while she's been going to school in California. Mm-hmm. She's uh, she's lying to Will as soon as he gets there, yes. kind of making up this fantasy well, life. Well, there's this brilliant cutscene even before then where she's, mm. you know, we see her life right. at this this school, high school. I think they're in at this point. You know, she's writing to Will and we hear her dictating this letter, you know, I have all these friends and then it's cut with, you know, who she sees and who she's writing about, you know, kind of wishing what her life was compared to what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And everything, of course, goes wrong. And um, one thing that uh, does happen is at the roller rink, roller rink, yep. <laughs> uh, we, we get... Uh, her bully, I can't remember her name. What's the bully's name? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm looking, yeah, but I know, uh, yeah, go ahead. I think it's Heather, maybe not. That doesn't sound right, but they're at the roller rink, and her bullies from school show up, and they trick her into coming onto the main floor, the roller rink, and then they dump a milkshake on her and embarrass her in front of Will after she had told Will that those were her friends. Yeah, and um, this is a this is a, a hard scene to watch. Everything that conspires at the roller rink from the minute is it? I'm I'm trying to look here. Is it uh, Vicky? Is her friend? It might, her, might her, be Vicky. Her friend enemy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It might be Vicky. I feel like that's right. I think. Yeah, so. I mean that that would that would fit the bill. Yeah, I I think it is Vicky, and it's just brutal to see, and you feel so awfully for Eleven. And, you know, as we want to, you know, just kind of stand up and yell with frustration with this scene, we see finally L break uh, with the roller skate scene. That scared me. That surprised me, too, that she actually, like, clobbered her with that skate and made her bleed and everything. And, I mean, great acting from Millie Bobby Brown again. I I think she's always been pretty good as Eleven and... Yeah, pulled it off here. And, and we, we follow it up with, I would say, arguably the best scene in the in the season when they're oh. trying to explain to her, oh, it's it wasn't that bad. I mean, it's it was just a, a rubber, you know, a squishy skate. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it wasn't a metal skate. You could have killed her, but but you didn't because it was just a, a, a rubber, <laughs> rubber, you know, not a big deal. I yeah, love that. Yeah. Stoner Jonathan is so yeah, funny. Stoner Jonathan in Argyle. Oh, my God. That so was hilarious. Yep. And then how about, um, of course, the other storyline collides with our California storyline is, uh, of course, Mrs. Wheeler. Or not Mrs. Wheeler, Mrs. Byers, which is Joyce. Why I, I couldn't remember her first name for a second. Joyce meets with what's 
Why can't I remember these names? Yeah, uh, I I forget his name. name? name? Murray. Murray meets with Murray because she got a doll in the mail that said Hopper was alive from Russia, and um, she gets Murray to come over and talk about the ransom notice that they have. And um, before we get onto what happens there, they all meet at the dinner table, and I thought Murray's interaction with the kids again is so funny. Because he's like, he's like, oh, what? You guys don't like my cooking? Is it the rice? Yes, yes. That <laughs> was really funny. And um, yeah, great. There was. That's what I liked the most about this season so far mm-hmm. is the amount of comic relief they put in it. They went darker. They went scarier. Love it. They also cut it in beautifully with the comic relief sequences. Absolutely. And Mike and Eleven kind of have a little bit of a falling out after dinner, saying, "What was the heartbreaking scene?" Was L showing uh, Mike all the letters he sent her that doesn't say love Mike. It says from Mike, from Mike, from Mike. Why don't you love me? Everything she sends is love L. Yeah, exactly. And that was heartbreaking. And she says, I just want to be a superhero again. And I thought that was, her storyline was so amazing this season. Um, So uh, before we get to the rest of L's storyline, let's talk about Murray and Joyce's journey to save Hopper. And let's talk all about Hopper. And I, I really want to know, what's your opinion, besides you saying it was a little bit thin, what was your opinion about everything that went down? Well, yeah, I say it was thin because I loved this storyline. I thought it was incredible. And, you know, Hopper, the one thing that puzzles me, and I don't know if they're going to touch on it, is how he survived. Mm, yeah. I don't understand how he is alive, how he's in Russia. Um, I think they, the best explanation I came up with, because I was asking, I was me and my mom watched this together, and I was like, well, how did he survive? I don't get it. Like, they showed a little bit that he kind of jumped in front of the beam, yeah. right? And he he fell down. And that's why they couldn't. she couldn't see his body when, when I guess there was like a tear below that he fell down. And then uh, he got knocked out. That's what it was. And then he got when, after he got knocked out, he woke up. And remember, they were sending the U.S. military into the mall at the end of season three. Mm. And when that was happening, before while the military was getting in there, I guess the Russians escaped and they took Hopper's body with them. Ah, okay. That's how he got I, to Russia. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Okay. You, you kind of had to put the pieces together, though. Yeah, I, I wish I, they would have explained that. it better. That was, that was way over my head. But he – anyways, I, He's I think – He's in prison. I mean, even before that, some of the interrogation scenes with Hopper where they have the gas mask on and they're holding off the air. I mean, tense, tense scenes, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so and how about yeah, another and, new character we meet, RB? Uh, the prison guard, which I really enjoyed his, yes. his character. And, I mean, for he has, he has a name, but we refer to him as Enzo in mm-hmm. the show because that's the code name he's sort of given because that's, you know, with uh, – with Joyce, that was the, the where they were supposed to go on their date was to Enzo's. Exactly. Yes. So I mean, I like him. He he has a stronger development later, but we get him. We also get Yuri. Yuri is my love. Mm-hmm. Um, he was pretty funny. He was funny, and that whole sequence, you know, through Alaska and him drugging them, I thought was great until the plane crashed. Another nitpick: you don't survive that plane crash. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, but you don't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it's also a show with a Demogorgon and a different dimension, so I'm willing very, to forgive very it. Very much so, very much so. But <laughs> either way, you know, I love everything with Murray, you know, his Russian and him pretending to be Yuri. It was heartbreaking um, to see Hopper successfully escape and then Yuri screw them over. I thought yeah, that was really heartbreaking. Very much so, very much so. Because you and, have such a liberating feeling, a la, you know, Shawshank Redemption, if you've ever yeah. seen that, when, uh... Andy Dufresne, you know, gets to the end of the sewer pipe and rejoices. You know, he's in the 
in the church. He's eating the peanut butter. Yeah. And he's safe. Hop is safe. He's going to see Joyce. He's going to get on the plane. And then, you know, it's the, all taken the Russian away. show up. Yeah. And where do they send him, RB? None other than the prison where they are holding the Demogorgon. Yes. Yes. And um, let's just finish off Hopper's storyline here because Murray and Joyce, they do come and they do rescue him, but not before they're fattened up a little bit for the Demogorgon, which I thought was very ominous and disturbing. Yep, yep. the last meal sequence-esque, very yep. much so. And I, I love Hop's sort of monologue in that scene. Um, excellent, where he's, you know, obviously he's not drunk. He's pretending to be drunk so he can, you know, gather up everything, you know, to get make the fire. Mm-hmm. But uh, an excellent, excellent scene again. And then, of course, well, I think maybe one of the best scenes in Stranger Things history follows, and that is the battle of for the, against the Demogorgon with all these Russian prisoners and Hop and Enzo make it out alive. The, from them getting the weapons to the spear, lighting, not being able to light it on fire quick yeah. enough, and oh the suspense. Oh, my goodness. The suspense there, yeah, when he couldn't get the lighter to go. And not to mention, when the Demogorgon actually gets revealed and starts biting people's heads off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the CG has gotten way better than season one because this Demogorgon was terrifying. And very I much mean, so, yeah. Definitely my favorite scene of the of the season right there with the, the battle. And then, of course, Hopper finds Joyce, and that's where their storyline ends in the season. Right, yes. And we'll see where things go in these next two episodes, but I hope they make it back to to Hawkins and they save the day or whatever happens, happens. So we'll see. So overall, we both enjoyed Hopper's storyline. Let's talk about the big one, RB. Eleven meeting Papa again. Yes, so Eleven is taken back and... um... Taken to this, you know, underground missile silo in Nevada. And there we don't really know what what she's being asked to do. She's put back into the the sort of sensory deprivation to go back amongst her memories. Well she and they, she only reason she agreed to go there is because they had told her, We can teach you how to get your powers back. And that was the only reason back, she yes. went back. Yeah. Yes. But she's she's there and we don't know why they why they want her exactly they're just yeah. basically telling her you know they're putting her in the past that first sequence where she's in the past and we don't know where she is mm-hmm. is, a, is a great scene and then we find out you know they need her to find memories that she is she is repressed that she's forgotten a memory mm-hmm. and uh, i like the young the i don't know how they were able to do it but the the cg i guess is how they did it the younger version of 11 that she looks at in the mirror and then it kind of tra- transitions back and forth between that well, was I really believe, cool. I believe it's a different actress. I mean, they have a Might cast as, as, a, as young Eleven is Marty Blair. Maybe Okay, yeah. so that would make sense. Maybe they have someone that's a lookalike or whatever. But, yeah. but that was really great. As we have Eleven, you know, going through her past and working mm-hmm. through it, we get this ominous character that befriends her, um, somewhat of an orderly, yeah. I guess you would call him, at the lab. Kind of a nurse, yeah. Yeah, but he's he's, you know, giving instructions to l you know exactly. on how to how to better herself amongst all these other you know tele telepathic children she's special he says to her yes. right yes and um i didn't know where this was i don't know did this catch you off guard rb i didn't know where this storyline was going but I, it completely caught me off guard absolutely and that's yeah. one of my favorite favorite parts of this uh series so uh, of this season of this series because was, at the beginning, I had no idea oh, what sorry. was going on. Yeah, go ahead. 
Because at the beginning, we get the opening teaser that makes it look like it was 11 that killed the rest of, you know, one or, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, whatever, all the other all, numbers. All, yes, yes. The other special children there. And um, so they made it look like 11 in the opening stinger. But then we find out that the course of events that led up to it, it was this orderly that killed everybody. And we get a big reveal that he is number one. Now, that I kind of assumed very Me early too. on when he started with the with the oh I am uh you know you remind me of number one oh I didn't know number one existed oh yes and I knew him very well I think that kind of was a giveaway so that was a little that, hint yeah which I I didn't mind but as we got further and further along into uh Victor Creel's storyline and intertwining it perfectly with this storyline I had no idea where they were going with it and that's why I think. Although I give this series a, a eight and a half out of ten, this last episode, episode seven, was a ten out of ten. I fully agree. The final episode is definitely a ten out of ten because, of course, you know, me and RB have been hinting at it. Let's just say it plainly. Vecna is number one, and the reason why Vecna is in the upside down is because Eleven sent him there. In and, and let's the past. let's go one step further. Not only is Vecna number one, but number one is Henry Creel, is exactly. Victor Creel's son who we assume to be dead because Victor Creel has been arrested for murdering his family when he claims it's this Vecna who we find out is one in the same with his son. We get one very slight mention of his son when they go and speak to Victor Creel. They say, my son was a, was a sensitive boy. Mm -hmm. You know, he knew something was wrong there. Yeah. And now, it, it was him all along at all that it was him. Yes. Yep. It was him all along. And the rationalization of, uh, because it, at the whole time we have, uh, make sure I get all the characters, Eddie, Robin, uh, Steve, and Nancy are trapped in the Upside Down trying to get out. Mm -hmm. And Nancy, at the end of this final episode, gets, gets her mind infiltrated by Vecna. And Vecna explains who he is to Nancy because she says, you know, Nancy, you're so close to figuring it out. Kind of playing with her. And then... Yep. The rationalization or like the logic behind why Vecna does what he does, the whole explanation why he, he always loves spiders, that was so eerie. And then, you know, how he always saw other people as like lesser than him, you know, yep. th that was just, I, I mean, 10 out of 10, like you said, RB, that was really and, great. And brilliantly acted by uh, James Campbell Bauer, who's playing Vecna as well as, you know, Henry and, uh, and one, you know, throughout the different, different sequences and scenes. Absolutely, and the entire design of Vecna, like we we had talked about previously, uh, you and I are be mostly practical effects. The hand, the the makeup on his face, and everything, all practical effects. And then you know, just surrounded by CG. Thought it was really great, looking yeah. and everything. I, I I don't know if I agree with that statement. You didn't I'm like the look sure. of it. I'm not sure if I like the look of Vecna. I love the look of sort of Vecna's sector of the upside down the sort of you know we we find out to be the staircase and whatnot in in the uh, creel home but the look of vecna i don't know i think it's a little campy mm. um so yeah i i that's you know just another small nitpick doesn't mm. doesn't take away from the writing the story right. the acting um but yes uh back to this reveal yeah um completely got me by surprise now i do have a question okay and they may have touched it. I may have missed it. I just want to make sure. What gives Vecna one Henry Creel his powers? 
is it ever touched on or does he just have powers and then from there why is it why is it that you know papa essentially thinks he can teach other children to have powers just from this one child who does have powers or do you think we're going to get this later because i don't know if i missed that but that i I was very confused about that I don't know if we're going to get this later, RB, but... Yeah, because I, I thought yeah. the powers had something to do with, like, Elle's mother. And, you Me know, too. She, she was on different drugs, and then they took her away, and that's why Elle had the powers, and all these children were similar backgrounds to that. But that didn't seem to be the case for, for Henry Creel. He just kind of had he, his powers. He was born with it, and maybe they're hinting at that, you know, maybe some people are just special, you know, kind of like the X-Men. Some, some people are gifted, and um, okay. some people aren't, you know. Maybe that's the way it is. Um, I, but I would be interested to get a little bit of an explanation as well. Um, another thing I'm a little fuzzy on RB is why are we connected in some way or making this connection that it was the upside down is in the past for some reason? How was that connected? I hope we get an answer or some more elaboration on that. Yeah. So I, I guess my, my understanding of it was that the upside down has always been there. It was just L who kind of opened it up when she threw Vecna there. But the Upside yeah. Down has already, always been there, and it was just her throwing Vecna there that yeah. kind of opened it up and set off the event in Season 1 and 2 and 3 and so on. We get, we get them going into Nancy's room in the Wheeler house, and she's saying, oh, this, she's making all these things. She's looking at her journal, and it's from Season 1. Yes, yes. So I was just wondering, you know, what, how is that going to play? And I think that might have a factor in some way. We'll see. Um, but uh, other than that, man, I mean, this season was just so great. Um, I hope that Steve makes it out. I hope everybody makes it out okay, even though they have said, the Duffer brothers have said that. This is going to be a, a big finale that where we're going to get some deaths. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, man. Yeah, Anything I we mean, forgot? like, I, I, I think we've already, you know, we swallowed, and I mean, I fully expected, because I don't read, you know, when they release who the cast is for season two when I'm watching season one. I thought... 11 was dead at the end of i think it was season one i thought you know i was sure that papa was dead dead too and he showed up here yep thought hop was dead so i mean just because there are deaths on screen doesn't mean that these characters aren't going to be written back in some some shape way or form the only ones that actually died are barb and joyce's boyfriend sam or that's right i forgot about those characters Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah oh and um and uh billy 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 died. And yeah, everyone man. in Vecna has been killing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So there is some people Chrissy that are dying. And yeah. car accident guy who we didn't really get a name for, I guess. I mean, I'm sure we did at some point. And yeah. Basketball friend number two who was pulled out of the water in the lake. Yep. Yeah. So um, I, I got one more thing I want yeah. to talk about. Just how awesome was it, the sequences where we're getting to see these characters for, I think, the first extended period of time transverse through the Upside Down. Yeah, we, I thought I, this that was is the first incredible. Time. Yeah, the only people that walked through the upside down before this were Joyce and Hopper, and in, in and, season one, and the people in the, the hazmat suits when they're first exploring it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this was great to see it all. Excuse me, to see it all uh, unfold like that, and actually see the upside down in person was great. Um, how about Will's storyline and where that ended? I'm kind of trying to remember where that ended up. Obviously, they had the agents looking after them. Then there's a great shootout at the house where yeah. the agent made it out, and they're trying to find the Nina project. And um, where where did that end up? They ended up going and seeing Susie. 
That's right. Um, I can't remember what happens after Susie. I think they found the location of the Nina project, and that's where Did we they? left it off because they okay. were having her search search the website, search online for Nina on her supercomputer, her dad's supercomputer, saying it was a new video game console that they wanted to surprise Dustin with. Right. That was their explanation. I think that's what we left off with there. They know where Elle is now. And Argyle hooks up with Susie's sister. That yes. was so funny. Yes, so great. Uh, Everything with Argyle has been great. Everything with Eddie has been great. Eddie reminds me of a movie I'm a big fan of. If you've ever seen 10 Things I Hate About You, he reminds me of a young Heath Ledger in 10 Things I Hate About You. The, <laughs> the, I mean, if you watch that movie, the resemblance is uncanny. And oh, okay. I, I think he's every. I'm a huge Heath Ledger fan. Uh, Knight's Tale, 10 Things I Hate About You, obviously, uh, The Dark Knight, I think. And the actor who's playing Eddie Munson has been just as incredible as Heath Ledger in, in the role. Nice. Uh, Eddie's one of my favorites, too. I, They didn't miss with all these new characters. They didn't miss. It was yep. really great. Yep. Um, so I think we can leave it there. I, I hope we didn't forget about talking about anything. I'm trying to think. No, I think we got I think we got pretty much everything. Yep. All right. So nine and a half for me, eight and a half for RB. But those are just our tentative scores because stick around um, for number one, our light year review, which we're going to record right now. And then, of course, we're also going to be recording next Wednesday and releasing our season four part two review of Stranger Things. Two more episodes to go. So let's talk about those next week. So stick around and tune in then. Um, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Leave us a review. Leave us a comment. Uh, you know, Let us know how we're doing and what else you want us to review. Um, if you guys want to find us on Twitter, you can find those links down below as well. And um, with that said, you can catch us on the next episode at Top of the List. Later.